everyone. Welcome back to Strong Mind, Strong Body. So I have a question for you. I'm just wondering, have you ever felt like you were 100% right in a situation? Like you just know deep in your gut, you're right. And you are owed an apology. Or maybe you know you've done someone else wrong or caused harm or pain. And you feel like you owe them an apology, but you're just not sure how to go about it. And I feel like this is an everyday occurrence. And my name is Angie Miller. I'm your host. And this, again, is Strong Mind, Strong Body. Today, I want to talk to you about how to authentically apologize and why I think it matters. I think that we're in a culture where we tend to, there tends to be a lot of divisiveness. And we tend to get this impression that if we say we're sorry, we're somehow admitting fault or guilt, or we're making ourselves vulnerable, and maybe the other person just needs to get over it, or they're too sensitive. But what if we go back to kind of those things that we learned from kindergarten on, when we learned how to treat others with respect, how to pay attention to the way that we treat other people and the reactions and responses that we gain from our the people that are most important to us. So today I want to talk about apologies. When we say things we regret or maybe we fall short on our commitments or we inflict pain on another person, whether we meant to or not. Authentic, humble apologies have the power to heal and mend and build bridges, but those that lack accountability can cause even deeper harm. So I think learning how to apologize is such a powerful tool for all of our relationships, whether they're personal or professional. I think they strengthen bonds and build trust. So that's what I want to talk to you about today. And I think you're going to enjoy this episode and I truly hope you get something out of it. So Harriet Lerner, I'm a big, big fan of her. She's a renowned psychologist and she's also a best-selling author. She's, she's devoted a lot of her work to apologies, how we should do them, why they matter and why um, some people just won't give us an apology, no matter how deserving we feel we are. So years ago, I think it was back in 2017, when it first came out, I downloaded Harriet's book, Why Won't You Apologize? Healing Big Betrayals and Everyday Hurts. And I also recently listened to her TED Talk called Why Won't He Apologize? And I think both of them are really, really amazing. Because when it comes to apologies, there are those that were owed or feel we deserve. And then there are those that we owe to others. So in other words, sometimes we want an apology from another person because they caused us harm or they inflicted pain. And sometimes we need to give that apology because we inflicted pain. Again, intentional or not. But apologies as a rule are very emotionally loaded. It can be difficult if you feel you're owed an apology and it's not forthcoming because it can cause so much resentment. Those are those things that you feel like you're owed an apology and you wake up at 3 a.m. and you start ruminating and you play that recording over and over in your head. Of why won't he say he's sorry or why won't he admit that he's wrong? And if it's not forthcoming or if it's given in an inauthentic way, again, it can double down on the pain. And if we do give an apology, but we don't do it meaningfully, again, we can double down on the pain. So in Harriet Lerner's TED Talk, she talks a lot about when we feel we're owed an apology. 
So she says in her TED talk that if we, if we're seeking an apology due to a hurt or a pain that someone else has inflicted, if we say the words, what's wrong with you? Those are four words that are sure to drive the conversation south. So it might sound something like, I can't believe you forgot to pick up the dry cleaning. What's wrong with you? Or I can't believe you forgot our anniversary. What's wrong with you? And those four words essentially invite defensiveness because all of those, you know, anything that's emotionally loaded, that's an accusation is going to drive defensiveness. And the reason why Lerner really targets this when we're seeking an apology is because she's saying that, look, if you feel like you're owed an apology, chances are you are. But if you presented to that person with an insult or an accusation, all you're going to do is then invite the other person to become defensive. So maybe you don't say what's wrong with you, but maybe you say, I can't believe you were late. You're always late or you're never on time. And we use those those really emotionally loaded words of always, never. And we make we lump them into this big category. But Lerner says that when someone is defensive, they don't hear you. It's like they have earplugs in. They're not able to take in information because basically they put up a wall. They got lost on um, what's wrong with you or you always do this. Whereas if you had just said, I wish you would work on being on time, or I'm upset that you were late and you don't follow it up with an insult, you might get further. She also says that if you go on too long, if you go on and on about why you think they owe you an apology and you give them a litany of reasons of all the ways that they've wronged you in the past and all the times that they've been late, she says essentially you're protecting that person who does owe you an apology because essentially you're giving them, you're inviting them to get defensive and put up this wall and to check out emotionally. And then if they do end up apologizing, it's probably going to be quick and inauthentic. Okay, fine. I'm sorry. And it's said more out of resentment and I'll say anything I can to get you to be quiet and go away. So she says that whether the issue is trivial or it's serious, the rules of apologizing are, are the same. If you want an authentic apology from someone, focus on how you feel. Don't focus on the other person's crime. So it's not, you know, you're always late. You never get here on time. You always forget big events. You always forget to pick up this, that, or the other. Um, you're always yelling. You're always doing this. She's saying focus on how you feel. You know, I feel like I'm not important when you're late. I feel like um, you don't value our marriage when you forget our anniversary. And then boom, you've said what you need to say. You've not invited them to get defensive. You've not invited them to deflect and make it about you. So she, she basically says, keep it short. Don't overload the intensity of the situation. So I feel hurt or I felt hurt when you tease me for making that mistake. So then she says that if you are the one who needs to apologize, then again, it's up to you to drop the defensive stance. Listen carefully. Listen for how that person feels. 
Listen for how your words or actions made them feel. Listen for the pain that you may have inflicted, even if you don't mean to. Even if you think that it's exaggerated, even if in your mind you're like, they're just so sensitive. At the end of the day, if you're listening for their pain, their pain is real. It feels authentic to them. It's not up to us to judge whether it's exaggerated or whether we think that they, you know, are just too sensitive. So Lerner reminds us that courage isn't about blaming people in confrontation or demanding that we get an apology. Because again, angry confrontations are just going to invite the other person to go straight into defensiveness. Then they're going to deny, then they're going to pivot, and then their chances are going to turn that whole apology into something that you did or said wrong. And I'm going to get to that later because I think that that's where we go wrong. If we think we're owed an apology and we make the other person defensive and we start doing character assassinations, we're really inviting them to make it about us. We're inviting them to make us the bad guy. So, but she also does say that some people will never apologize. And sometimes that's, that's a hard pill to swallow, right? And she even says that sometimes the more serious the harm, the less likely an apology will be forthcoming. And basically what, what comes of that is that if you think about it, you have to have a pretty strong sense of self to be able to humble yourself and be vulnerable and apologize to another person for the pain that you cause them. If you don't have a strong sense of self, then apologizing is going to make you feel weak. It's going to make you feel like you're a bad person, not a person who's good, who did something bad. Okay, because there's a huge difference. We can make mistakes and be a good person, but we can still make bad decisions or decisions that don't serve other people. But we have to have a strong sense of self in order to step back and see the lens and say, look, this isn't about me being a bad person or a bad human. It just is about me trying to show up as a good person. But in doing so, I kind of made a mistake. I, I had a Freudian slip of the tongue or whatever it is. And I said something that caused another person harm. So basically, though, not everyone is going to have a good sense of self. Not everyone's going to be able to identify with the hurt because that's going to make them feel shame. And that's not a feeling they want to feel. So that's if we're seeking an apology. Keep it short. Talk about how you feel. And don't follow it up with an assassination of their character or these absolutes like always, never. Don't give them a reason to go into a defensive stance. So now I want to talk about how do you and I apologize? If we hurt somebody or we said something that we wish we hadn't said or we kind of fall short on someone else's expectations, how do we apologize authentically so that we can be authentic and intentional but also so that we can heal divisions that we cause between us and another person and so that we can create stronger connections. And most of all, so that we can build trust because trust is the foundation of all of our relationships, trust and respect. So again, I'm Angie Miller. This is Strong Mind, Strong Body. I'm talking about authentic apologies, why we should give them, how we can ask for them, and why they matter in our most important relationships, personally and professionally. So I have seven ingredients that I want to share with you that are ingredients to an authentic apology. 
And these are adapted from learner's work. So we're going to build a recipe together and it's going to be a recipe for how to apologize. And these are the ingredients that I think we all need to consider. I'm sure there are many, many more, but I'm going to focus on these for today. So number one, if we're going to apologize, our apology should not include the word, but, okay? I'm sorry I yelled at you. That's it. However, if we say, I'm sorry I yelled at you, but you really upset me. That's a hard no. Or I'm sorry I was late. Okay. Or I'm sorry I was late, but you know what? There was a lot of traffic and I can't control traffic. That's a hard no. But is a qualifier. It's a way to shift responsibility to the heart party or to some unforeseen circumstance out in the universe that allegedly caused a situation to happen. So, but is a qualifier. And it's essentially saying, I'm sorry I hurt you, but if you hadn't done this or you hadn't said that, then I wouldn't have said what I said. So it's, it's not really a true apology. It's blame shifting. It's shifting responsibility and ownership to the party that you hurt. You did such and such, and so I just responded. But at the end of the day, we're all responsible for what we say and do. We're not a puppet on a string, and we don't just go around the world and react to everyone else. We hold our own strings, and we're responsible for how we navigate the world and what we say and do in spite of what other people say and do, right? It reminds me of like when you were a kid and, you know, the, the old saying of, you know, well, if your friends jumped off a bridge, are you going to jump off a bridge? Well, no, because we're not always just going to react to what other people do. So number two, if you're going to apologize, your apology should keep the focus on your actions and not on how the other person responded. So your apology keeps the focus on your actions, not on their response. So I'm sorry I called you stupid. I hope no one ever does that, but I'm sorry I called you stupid. Yep, that's an apology. I'm sorry I called you stupid, but I really think you're too sensitive because I was just kidding. So that's a qualifier, but it's also about the other person getting upset. So it's like, well, are you sorry? Because I'm pretty sure you just said you're sorry, but you're really not sorry. Because if I weren't, quote, sensitive, then I wouldn't have been upset and you could have just called me stupid and it would have been no big deal. So this is where you make it about the other person being too sensitive or maybe they don't get it or, you know, they're the ones who brought up the situation in the first place. So keep the focus on your actions, not on how they responded. OK, I'm sorry I was late, but I don't think that you needed to get all upset about that. Well, how about just, I'm sorry I was late. And then if the other person wants to apologize for maybe they feel like they did overreact, then you're giving them an invitation to do so. So maybe it's, I'm sorry I teased you for not knowing the answer to that question. I didn't know you were so sensitive. Ooh, ouch. That's the one that wakes you up at three in the morning and you're like, you know what? That was a backhanded apology. They really made it about me being sensitive and not the fact that they teased me. So that's turning what you did into someone else's flaw. And it's saying that the problem isn't the teasing. The problem is that they're sensitive. So remember my energy vampires episode that I did a few weeks ago. I talked about energy vampires, like the bullying and the gaslighting. And that's kind of what that is. 
right? It's not about what I did. It's the fact that you're sensitive or you can't take a joke. That's what gaslighters do. That's a lot of what bullies do. It's not about what I did. It's, it's you. You just need to fix yourself. So it's really about shifting accountability. So number three, if you're going to apologize, it should, it should include an offer of reparation. So an offer to repair the situation. I'm sorry I was late to pick you up. And I made us miss the first half of the movie. I'd like to make it up to you. And I'd like to either take you to another movie if that's what you would like. Or I'd like to take you to the same movie again so that we can catch the beginning and see the movie all the way through. Boom. Okay. Number four, your apology, if you're going to give it, should not get caught up in who's to blame or who started it. That's the ultimate pivot if you think about it. I'm sorry I overreacted when you asked me if I remember to call the insurance company. Okay. I'm sorry if I overreacted when you asked me to call. That works. But if you go on to say, I'm sorry I overreacted when you asked me if I remember to call the insurance company, but you're always checking me and calling me out. You're always making sure I'm doing what you want and I'm just getting tired of it. So, you know, that's kind of one of my favorite ones, you know, kind of like, or another one that people do when they get into this one is, um, you know, I'm sorry that I forgot to pick up the dry cleaning, but last week you forgot to turn out the lights and I'm always telling you to do that. Or I'm sorry that I forgot to make the bed, but last week you forgot to pick up my clothes from the dry cleaner. So it's like, I'm, I'm not really sorry because I'm really going to pivot and I'm going to make it about some error that you made in the past, or I'm going to make it about sometime, you know, you actually started this. And so I may have done this, but you've done that. So I always say, deal with the situation as it comes. If the person actually upset you that they forgot to pick up the dry cleaning, then it's up to you to address it. But if that same person comes to you next week and says, you know what, I feel hurt that you forgot our anniversary then it's up to you to apologize for the anniversary. It's not about all the past baggage. Maybe you can come up or talk about the dry cleaning later, okay? So another way or another consideration or another ingredient to the recipe of apologizing is your apology should require that you do your best to avoid repeating your words or actions in the future. In other words, it's backed by corrective action. It's not just words. Words are words are words, but everyone wants intention. Everyone wants to see action. Words are free. They're easy. They come readily. But what about action and intention? So maybe someone says, I'm sorry I keep overreacting and getting angry. Okay. Then it's time for them to work on their emotions. It's time for them to work on emotional regulation how to manage stress, how to de-escalate their anger. So it's not used to push people away or manipulate or control situations. Or I'm sorry I didn't turn that project in on time. I will have it to you by 5 p.m. today. So it should come with an, a, a, a reparation. It should be about this is what I'm going to do. This is the corrective action I'm going to take. I'm not just going to give you words. So Another thing, another ingredient to a really good authentic apology is it should not serve to silence. And another way I think about this is it shouldn't be manipulative. So something like in the instance of yelling, 
I've already apologized for yelling at you. Let it go already. You're being too sensitive or you're being too demanding. But how about, or another one, I've already apologized. And if you don't stop, stop talking, bleh, I've already apologized. And if you don't stop talking about it, I'm going to get angry. So that's another threat to silence and control the conversation and the other person. So your apology should be said truly and authentically, not to silence the other person, not to say, okay, I've already apologized, so let it go. Boom. It's, a, it's their responsibility now. You've done your part. Now it's up to them just to forgive and forget. And that's not really the way apologies worked, work, or it's not like, okay, I've apologized. So now you need to take it or you're going to get me mad again. Mm, that doesn't work, right? So last but not least, and that goes again with the one that I just talked about, your apology should not ask the party that you hurt to do anything. It shouldn't even ask them to forgive you. So for instance, I said I was sorry for yelling at you, and now it's up to you to forgive me and move on. It's over. That's a hard no. Because the other person might need more time. They, meet, they might need more emotional space. They may need to determine with time, do your words actually match your actions? Are you going to put intention into your apology and make good on it? So again, I'm Angie Miller and I'm talking about authentic apologies. And I talked about how you request an apology, which is essentially to request it by talking about your feelings and to not load it with insults. And then I gave you some tips for how to give an authentic apology. And just to review those, make sure your apology doesn't include the word but. Make sure your apology focuses on your actions and not how the other person responds. Make sure that your apology includes an offer to repair the situation. Make sure your apology does not get caught up in blame, who started it or who's to blame. And make sure your apology does something that, that offers corrective action. Something that says, I'm not just going to give you words. I'm also going to back it up with my actions. Make sure that your apology doesn't silence others through manipulation. And make sure that your apology does not have an expectation loaded with it, as in you have to forgive me because I said I was sorry. So at the end of the day, apologies are challenging, but they help us build bridges that connect us to others. And they help us make amends for the pain that we caused. They allow us to gain trust and respect of others. And they don't make us weak. They just take courage and commitment to ensure that we show up as the best version of ourselves. And we take responsibility and ownership when we slip because it's part of the human experience and apologies make us better humans. So thank you so much for joining me on Strong Mind, Strong Body. I hope I see you next week. And do let me know if you have any thoughts or input on this episode or on a future episode. I'll see you next week. Yeah.